We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talking More. I am your host. Patrick Moran, thank you very much, as always, uh, for locking in, whether you're listening to us, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, or whether you're checking us out on the video side on YouTube. Appreciate you all very much. What Buffalo Bills free agents should Brandon Bean look to be reciting? That's going to be the focal part of today's episode, and I am joined right now, as always, this time of week, not always, but a lot of the time anyway, by my good buddy, Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumblings. What's up, dude, man? How you doing? Hey, good. Good, man. It's good to uh, good to be back. And honestly, I'm excited about the topic today. I mean, I'm always excited when we get to catch up, but like starting to talk free agency, this is uh, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. Is it because I'm not lamenting the the <laughs> end of the season anymore? It's still not crying over spill spill milk, which admittedly I have for the past couple of weeks. I'm not gonna try to run away from that. I I have been. Listen, it takes everyone. Uh, you know, they get through that process differently, and sometimes you you know you just you got to take your time. Like I, I think you were good with it. I mean, I think I sent you a DM the other day, like some. I don't know, some motivational quote, not yeah. like not holding on to things from the past. It like popped up <laughs> on my feet. I'm like, I'm sending this to Pat and telling him to stop thinking about the Kansas City Chiefs game. So, I, you know, since I sent you that, I don't think you've lamented about it anymore. So I think, <laughs> I think it did the trick. Um, before we get going today, by the way, I want to give a big shout out to everybody who has been watching or listening to this show. Um kind of obsessed with numbers. I, I hate to admit it. I don't like to, you know, I wish I wasn't, but I was, I am. And I had a conversation with this earlier this week on our podcasters round table with uh, Bruce Nolan, who works with you at, at Buffalo rumblings, uh, Greg Thompson from cover one and uh, Joe Marino from lockdown bills. But anyway, I always keep my eyes out like on the apple charts. I always want to get on the apple charts. And usually when we do talking Buffalo, it's, in a foreign country, you know, it'll be like Great Britain or Ireland or Australia or something, which is really weird. Don't get me wrong, man. I really appreciate anybody 
who's checking out the show. And I wonder what those metrics are for some of those countries in other parts of the world. But anyway, for the first time, probably we were talking just for a few minutes here before we started rolling. Uh, talking Buffalo is actually ranked in the top 130 on Apple in the United States this past week, or actually just two days ago. So that was really cool, man. So I just want to shout out everybody who's who's watching, who's listening. I know Greg, Joe, and and, um, and Bruce definitely brought a lot of people to the table this past week with that podcaster's roundtable. I don't know if you got a chance to to watch or listen to it, but it was a, a really good conversation. And it's something we've done now four straight years. And we don't talk about the Bills. That's the thing. They're Bills content creators. But we talk about podcasting and just social media and all kinds of stuff. It was a really fun conversation. Now, it's a, it's a great listen every year. I caught it the other day, which I always enjoy. And, you know, you're, you're four of the guys I enjoy interacting with. I enjoy listening to on a, you know, for yourself and Joe, a regular basis, for Bruce on a weekly basis. And, you know, Greg with, with his work on more of a, a, a weekly basis that he does. And just to have the four of you together, I mean, you guys have a great rapport with each other. So that part makes it makes it kind of fun. It's very natural. It's very easy. There's no, uh, you know, I think even early and sometimes with podcasting, when you do a show with like three different people on and it would be hard, right? Guys would be stepping on each other a little bit. It just, you know, there's a familiarity that the four of you have that just made that a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, it's just a great conversation. And I mean, gosh, in some ways, part of me almost wish like, hey, to get into some Bill's talk, like some of the debate that could go back and forth. But when you just talk about where things have come from, I, I truly can appreciate that because I do feel like in, you know, with the four of you, I've sort of been following you along all of these years to see how the four of you have continued to to improve and grow and get better. And, and that's a lot of fun. Well, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. By the way, six year anniversary of this episode or this podcast too, this past week, six years been doing this now, but yeah, those guys were great and it was really fun. I think it's something that if you're a podcaster or if you're interested in podcasting, you're just fans of those guys and you got to wonder their process and, and their thoughts and how they put shows together. Some of the challenges that they still had, they all kind of, to some extent, took. Uh, listeners a little bit behind the curtain you know what i mean and, sure. and that was really cool and bruce my guy bruce nolan is the best because we're talking about greg joe and i are talking about downloads and numbers and you know i'm doing on the video side and seo and all these tips for you know podcasters out there and bruce just don't give a shit and i love that about him i respect him man he puts out what he wants to put out and he doesn't care about seo titles he doesn't care about the video side because he is a gimmick you know what I mean? So he doesn't have a, a face to watch anyway. And it's funny because his content is literally as good as anybody out there in the game. I mean, he's fantastic. Well, and it's, you know, the four of you all have kind of a, a unique quality that you bring to the space. And with Bruce, even when you talk about the the numbers, and I think probably early on, you know, as we were all getting established, we cared about the numbers a bit more than we should have. Sure. Right. Because like, even when you talk about, you know, looking at the charts and different things like, hey, you know, you do this, this content creation, like you, you want to feel that people are watching it, enjoying it. And that part, you know, helps kind of reaffirm the time that you put into this. And, and it's a lot of time that goes into it. Uh, and with Bruce, I felt like it almost like went the other way. Like, you know, sometimes you talk about a band, like they break out and all of a sudden, oh, they're sellouts now. Like they were just doing this to, 
you know, to sell albums or CDs or whatever generation you're talking about. With him, it was almost like, okay, hey, I've built up this platform. There are people that are going to accept me for who I am and like the work that I do. So I'm not going to conform to be something for someone else to try and gain popularity. Like, I've got this group. I've got this following. I'm going to do this. And uh, he is truly one of one, right? Yeah. There's no one else that I've heard that does anything that comes close nope. to to him. And uh, he's just a great guy, too. So it make, he's an easy one for me to... Uh, to root for. I guess That's I funny. He was like 10 minutes late to our recording and he was profusely apologizing. I'm like, relax, dude. <laughs> yeah, It's all right, man. That was a great analogy, by the way, to, to describe it. But anyway, yeah, that was a really good episode. If you haven't watched or, or listened to it, please make sure uh, you go back and, and do so. All right. So we've got to the point right now where things start to come up fast. And it, it, it's still, again, when you spend a few weeks kind of, like I said, lamenting over how the season ended, and you start to look at the roster, what went right, what went wrong. And now you wake up and you're in near the end of February. And there's a lot of like important key dates coming up here in the off season. And it used to feel like it was so far away, but it's really not anymore. I mean, tampering starts, which to me, tampering is unofficially. It's the start of free agency. Yeah. Deals get done on the first day at the first hour of tampering. That's on March 11th. I mean, that's coming soon. It's just a handful of weeks from now. The draft, April 25th, that'll be here before you know it. Lots of work for Brandon Bean to do. And I de dedicated an entire episode yesterday, by the way, to uh, Brandon Bean and his 2023 job performance, with, which without getting into that today, I thought it was really good. I thought Brandon Bean did a fantastic job last year. And that's kind of what the basis of yesterday's show was. But anyway, he's got a lot of work to do this time around. And it's coming fast. I kind of feel like, Anthony, that we're like back in school. Like uh, this time of year, I always feel like I'm back in school. And you get your your schedule for the year and you get a couple classes. You're like, you're really familiar with them. Like American history. I was really good in high school in American history. And talking about the Bills free agents, which we're going to do here in just a few minutes, the pending free agents, who they should resign and stuff. I'm really familiar with those guys. It's easy to talk about them. Yeah. And you get to... Some subjects, like say maybe science, where it was all right. And that's where like the free agents around the league, who's good fits. And that's what we'll be starting to do soon as well. We'll start to learn anyway, who might be good fits for the Buffalo Bills. And then it's like chemistry or taking a foreign language, the NFL draft, because every year it just resets and you're starting from scratch. And it's kind of like you got to dive in and you, you start reading mock drafts and the people that you respect out there, what they're saying about some of these prospects. It's like a whole process that restarts every year. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you on one thing though. And this morning I was listening, uh, I was listening to your show where you talked about the job that Brandon Bean did. And I said like, this is a huge off season for him. He's got so much work to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of disagree with you. I think when okay. we take a look at it, I think they got about 55 guys under contract right now. I think there are certainly like a couple areas that need to be addressed. But as I go through it, it's like, okay, you, you know, you need to get one wide receiver on offense, basically. Then everything else, you're talking about depth. You know, on defense, like, okay, cornerback, you almost have too much talent at cornerback. Probably one safety you need to replace and probably potentially one starting defensive tackle if they don't bring back Daquan Jones. Like there's pieces that they need. There's things they need to do, but it's not one of those. I don't look at it and feel like, 
oh my gosh, like there is a complete overhaul here. And maybe a lot of that comes from the offensive side of the ball of just like, hey, you're going to look to replace Gabe Davis, supposedly, right? I think with a lot of things, that's uh, a lot of people are on board with that. So I know that it's probably going to annoy you that I'm just like, hey, it's it's sort of just another offseason, but it's kind of just another offseason, right? And maybe that's just from years of having to figure out the quarterback position that those years felt huge and glaring and all-consuming, where this is just like, yeah, you still got all these young guys, Terrell Bernard, Pop, James Cook, Dalton Kincaid, Arrow pointing up, Khalil Shakir breaking out the second half of the season, uh, Christian Benford, right? You, you can look at these guys and think to yourself like, yeah, you have a lot of guys contributing on rookie type of deals. And so I can feel kind of optimistic about where things are because it's not just this, you know, hey, everyone's coming up in the last year of their their contract type of thing. But I don't know, man. It's it's interesting the difference a year makes because like a year ago, nobody knew any that Terrell Bernard was going to be anything. Jury was still out on James Cook, Spencer Shit. Brown, Spencer Brown, great example. Um, Khalil Shakir, right? Like, I mean, you know, I've said it enough times. I was on this show with you, and I'm like, he's just a guy. Like, what? If you want to keep Andy Isabella, keep Andy Isabella and cut bait on Khalil Shakir. My God, could I have not been? anymore wrong even in osiris torrent so it's just like it's funny right because those guys that you know they just pop at some different times so i guess i feel a little more optimistic maybe more than i should but um so when i say i like disagreed with you it was just like i don't think it's as bad as sometimes it might feel just based on the young talent that really kind of kind of popped for the team this year well i'll say this in terms of starters you're definitely right i mean yeah. Whether Daquan Jones resigning or not means makes the difference between the Bills bringing back 19 or 20 or their 22 starters, pretty much. The starters, they're running it back. And I don't have, I have zero issues with that. Kind of more talking about the line along the lines of depth, which for this team over the last two years has been really tested yeah. and proven to be really important because this team, unfortunately, has just been snake bitten with injuries. Over the last two years, all teams get hurt. All teams get banged up, some more than others. But the Bills, it just seems like they've had so many injuries. So to me, I, when I say it's an important offseason, I'm talking about getting the right guys behind a lot of these young guys that you're talking about, which you're 100% right, that have been popping off. And you go back to last year's class, which pretty much the entire free agency class last year were all one-year deals. So a lot yeah. of those guys we're going to be talking about here in just a minute. But the Bills were eight or nine deep at defensive line this past season. This year, well, we'll see what they end up, of course. I mean, I'm sure they still plan on being that. But it's going to be a different look on the defensive yeah. line because a lot of these guys are probably going to go somewhere else. Um, I don't want to be stuck in a situation where A.J. Klein is my starting middle linebacker in a playoff game because of injuries. Here we go. Lamenti last year's uh, or this past season's loss again. You get what I'm saying, though. So I totally it, get what it, you're saying. It's I a totally. different. It's a different. There's no. There's no big ticket free agents on the way. We all know that already. There's no big contracts. I don't think there's a huge trade coming. Stuff like that. But anyway, what I want to focus on today are these pending bills, free agents. A lot of them, like I said, were on one year deal. I kind of got them in a paragraph, and some will spend a little more time than others talking about it. Frankly, I'm sure there's a handful of them that neither of us really care. There's like, if they're back, they're back, they're not, they're not, you know what I mean? But let's start with probably the guy 
that most people are, are talking about Gabe Davis. And it seems like a foregone conclusion. I didn't watch the video on Tuesday, but apparently I, I think his agent put out a video on Tuesday or an eight minute post or something from Gabe thanking the fans. I didn't watch it. So again, I don't want to describe something that I didn't watch, but I heard Sal Capaccio who obviously, you know, he covers the team. I respect Sal greatly. And he talked about the Bills love Gabe Davis and Gabe Davis genuinely loves the Buffalo Bills, but it's yeah. a business. And I think we're going to see just like last year with Tremaine, I think Gabe's a guy where we see the business side of this whole thing operation uh, go through spot rec. Some players spot rec had market values for but Gabe Davis, 13.6 million. So even if you go by that, if let's just say Anthony, if he's going to get 13.6 million a year from somebody, you can count on the bills being excluded from that list. You think? Yeah. I, and actually I saw that 13.6 and I felt like it was low. I think he'll probably get an sure. average of 15 million or higher. And, uh, I really like Gabe Davis. I like him as a, a player, as a teammate. I think he's, he's great for the bills. I think what he's done, even watching that video, you know, you see his highlights and it does bring you back. Like Gabe Davis has made some remarkable plays for the Buffalo Bills. Now, when you show the highlights, right, we know there's some inconsistencies in there. The guy's a fourth round pick. Like that, that's kind of gonna happen, right? When you look at that, I mean, that's a that's a great hit on a draft pick for a wide receiver. But I think when you get to that dollar figure, and this is one of the areas where I will be a little critical of Brandon Bean. And for the most part, right, like we talked about before with Khalil Shakir, other things, like maybe he hasn't invested in wide receiver enough in the draft, right? At least with day one and day two picks over these past couple of years and sort of where things are going. Um, but yeah, that's just, it's just too much. Like based on the Bills cap situation that they're in right now. And listen, for these guys, they have a, you know, there's a short window for their careers. And it's always interesting because as fans, it's like, you know, oh, will this guy take a team friendly deal or this and that, or like be loyal to the club. Like, listen, man, there's like a billionaire that owns the team. And these guys, you know, hopefully have a window of eight to 10 years playing in the NFL and maybe that one time that they can really cash in on a big contract. And for Gabe Davis, that time is now. So I hate the fact that he is going to leave the Bills because I think, you know, as like a number three wide receiver, he would be perfect and could still put up numbers similar to what he did in 2022 and 2021 and, you know, be that guy that's, you know, opposite Stefan Diggs and like a John Brown and, that's just not the case right now. So it's uh, it's tough, but he deserves to get paid. So go get paid. And you know what? The Bills are going to get a nice comp pick for that. So that'll kind of soften the blow, at least when it comes to the 2025 draft. It's a moot point because the salary cap for the Buffalo Bills is what it is. But, and we both agree, he's he's going to get a good contract. The Bills are not going to be the ones to pay him a big contract. We're both, that's a pretty simple agreement for both of us. Let's just, for the sake of discussion though, let's say that the salary cap situation is what it's been the past couple of years, which was radically different for the Bills. If this was a football decision and you could afford to pay Gabe Davis 13 and a half to 15 million a year based on this offense, the player and everything, would you? Because I love Gabe. But I still wouldn't, even if the money, you know, even if they weren't in dire 
app need right now, so to speak? It's a tough question. I, I'm going I'm I'm to say I don't know, right? Because a year ago, I f- like him heading into the final year of his rookie contract, I felt like they should have extended him then, right? Probably to a point where, you know, maybe you can do something at a bit of a friendly deal, right? A player for him to say, listen, if, you know, I can secure things for my family, not worry about injuries in the final year of my contract or anything crazy that might happen. Uh, and I thought the Bills should have extended him at that that point, right? It's probably something in the $10 million a year range sure. when, when they could have done that. I remember you talking about this last year before yeah. the season that over the summer that maybe they extend Gabe Davis. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. And that's the part that right now, right? Because then you look at it and you just like, they just, they need to get younger there. They need a yeah. higher profile rookie wide receiver. And I can't see you paying your number three guy $13.5 million. I, just, I agree. And it, it's tough, right? Because again, there's always the part of like, you want everyone to come back. Mm-hmm. You, you want everyone we're going to talk about today. There's not many players on this list that'll be like, oh, good riddance. Like, you know, it's about time that contract was was done. And uh, that's that's a tough one with, with Gabe Davis. That's a good question. It is. And I say no because of this. And again, I like Gabe Davis. I am a Gabe Davis stan. I mean, I used to, I kind of got to a point where I was, unable to make any more excuses because of some of the, he did look, he had some bad drops. Okay. He oh, had sure. some bad moments. Um, he disappeared for games at a time. And then he would have that game where you would see, this is the Gabe Davis. Yeah. This is why I'm a Gabe Davis stand. But I look at it this way. You have Dalton Kincaid and you have Khalil Shakir, you know, Sean McDermott wants to run the football more like just like you did last year. You still got Stefan Diggs who's been a hundred receiving a uh, hundred catches per year guy for four years running. Now, even if that falls off somewhat, he's still going to get a lot of footballs to him. You only got one football and you're not going to pay a, a guy, a wide receiver to 13 and a half to 15 million. You don't need to. Now, if Gabe Davis would say like T Higgins where T Higgins is a number two, but you could see him being a number one receiver on the team. If he had that opportunity, then maybe you pay him because then maybe you're saying, well, Stefan might be gone in a year or so. And we got Gabe Davis locked up for four or five years now. But I think Gabe Davis is his ceiling is a really good number two. You know what I mean? I don't think he could be a number one. So if he's not going to be a number one, you're not going to pay that guy that much money. Not in this offense anyway. Yeah. And you know what? That's a good point. The the one counterpoint to that that I'll say is like Gabe Davis is still only 24 years old. Sure. So there is that part of it where it's just like, gosh, this guy is so, so young. And it's funny because, you know, we're comparing him to the Tremaine Edmonds situation who we'd all talk about how young he was at nauseum for the early phases of his career. But yeah, the arrow is still the still pointing up. But along those same lines, it does become like you literally just can't afford it. You just you really just can't. I mean, unless he's going to take a massive type of discount and you're adding void years and all these pieces. And it's just like, I just don't see how that can realistically right. happen with the rest of the, you know, just the work that they have to do. And not that it's anything that crazy, but like, I just don't see it. His story is a little bit more of an enigma too, because he was in a contract year and he didn't really play his way into a mega deal. He's going to yeah. get paid, but he didn't play his way into a mega deal. Like if he would have been, that thousand yard receiver this season, this will probably be a much tougher discussion 
Where could, what could the Bills do? What maneuvers can they make to find the money to pay Gabe Davis? But yeah. that never really materialized. So not to say good riddance to, to Gabe, but I mm -hmm. think we both realize uh, that he's gone. Two other guys, I kind of want to lump them together because I, I think that you think that the Bills will bring one or the other back. And I want to mention Daquan Jones and A.J. Epinesa. Same group, but different positions, of course. One is your one-tech tackle. The other one is your third defensive end. And in the Sean McDermott system, a third defensive end is the guy who plays half the reps. You know what I mean? So Daquan Jones, spot rack value, $6.8 million. A.G. Epinesa, $5.6 million. Uh, you look at both of these guys, should Brandon Bean resign one, both? And if it's one, who, who do you think it will be or should be? Well, I mean, I'd love for them to sign them both, right? I think sure. that's easy to say, but I don't feel that that's realistic based on where the cap is. I think the Bills are going to be in a position where they have an opportunity to sign, you know, one guy at a three-year, 15 to $20 million type of deal, right? With the work that they're that they're able to do. So if I had to pick one of the two, I would pick AJ Epinesa, which kind of like we talked about with Gabe Davis, still young, arrow is still pointing up, only plays 35% of the snaps and delivers six and a half sacks last season. He knocks down passes at the lines, right? Like he's almost like a shot blocker out there, really active in the passing lanes, high motor. And I'm a fan. I mean, I was a fan of AJ Epinesa coming out of the draft. So it's like, I've been on that train for a period of time, the disappointing two first seasons, and now you look at it and just like, gosh, for only playing 35% of the snaps, this guy is producing. And, you know, like we'll look at something and say if a guy has 10 sacks, for some reason that is a magic number of like some, I don't know, climbing some mountain. Well, six and a half at 35% of the snaps, like with a little bit more playing time, he can be in that conversation. So I look at it, you know, uh, Mike Janetti and the guys at Spot Track, and you know, shout out to them. The work that they do, I think, is phenomenal. Amazing. I myself at that site literally every day. Yeah. But you know, so if you're saying this is a guy that's looking at five and a half million dollars per year, to me, that sounds like a bargain, right? And if you can get him at three or four years and work with the guarantees and whatever it is to make the numbers work, that gives you some insurance if Von Miller is not a hit. Um, and it's someone that's proven that knows your system. And again, I've seen be productive and I love Daquan Jones. I think for what he can be, I think he, you know, again, would love to see him back on the Buffalo bills. It's just the age factor for me. It's just like one of those of saying, okay, maybe you've got to get that one tech defensive tackle in the third round and sign. I'm not saying Puna Ford. I don't think Puna wants to come back, but you know, somebody in that $1.7 million type of contract and, you know, that might be a piece where you have a savvy vet or like a Linval Joseph and a rookie that you can, you know, work this together because they're going to be playing about 50% of the snaps each. But um, so to me, that's the direction I would go. If they went in the other direction, I wouldn't really complain. This is the, the two players where I'm going to cheat a little bit. I think Brandon Bean absolutely should find a way to bring both these guys back. I think these two guys are two of the three players that I really want to see back more than anybody else. Actually, two out of four um, that I'd really like to see. I don't think Brandon Bean is going to be really active in signing other free agents other than the fill spots that he has to. But with AJ Epinesa, I mean, a lot of the stuff you said, I agree with. And also, 
he was borderline great this season before he had that suffered that rib injury. I mean, yeah. he was making plays all over the field. He was really good. And to me, if you could get a reliable third defensive end for this team for this season that you could trust at five and a half to six million dollars a year, maybe you know, a longer term deal where you can front load or back load some money to get him a lower cap hit for this year, I think you got to do it. So I would definitely try to re-sign him. And I also really want Daquan Jones back. The guy was playing at an all-pro level the first month of the season before he got the peck injury. Came back near the end, was not the same player at the end of the season. Understandably so after missing as many weeks as he did in, in trying to get back. I'm sure that was really tough for him. Um, I think maybe you can get him on a two-year deal. Again, his spot rack value is 6.8. It's more than I want to pay. But I, I would at least make a legitimate attempt. I think you draft a defensive tackle, like you said, third round, maybe fourth round, somewhere day two, early day three, and you kind of ease him into the lineup and instead of drafting a guy that you might have to start on day one in the first or second round because I, I want to see a receiver or defensive end you know, in the first two picks. Um, so those are two guys that I really, really hope that Brandon Bean gets both of them back. And I think that is... You know, I don't think that's unrealistic. Like Gabe Davis is unrealistic. I don't think getting Daquan Jones and AJ Vanessa probably for the price, both of them for the price of of Gabe Davis. I don't think that's unrealistic at all. I really don't. No, I don't think it's unrealistic either. I mean, you know, it might take a restructure of Stefan Diggs' contract to free up that amount of money or something else that maybe we haven't seen yet. So, you know, there's a little bit of that at like a, at what cost, but. With that being said, I, I do agree. Like I, I would love to see them both come back. I just don't think it's realistic. And if I had to pick one of the two, it would be AJ. Sure. Um, and I, I, I tend to agree with you on that as well. If I only could pick one, but I'm not going to pick one. I think they should bring both of them back. Real quick, for a break here. Big name, big season for the Bills last year. Leonard Floyd led the team 10 and a half sacks. I thought he was probably Brandon Bean's best addition. Last offseason, he produced, he gave the Buffalo Bills what we were hoping Vaughn Miller would be able to come back and give the Buffalo Bills this year. That said, he is a free agent again. He has made it very clear he's going where the money is. I mean, that's not paraphrasing. He literally said that. He's going where the money is. Spot rack has him at $8.1 million. I think this is a maybe even easier than Gabe Davis to say, your boy's not coming back. Uh, you got Greg Rizzo. You, Vaughn Miller will be back. You got other options. I, I just don't think the Bills are going to pay 8 to $10 million for another season of Leonard Floyd. I think the age thing plays into, into that conversation now for him, right? When he was with the Rams, he was playing like 90% of snaps and mm -hmm. coming in around 10 sacks, you know, with Buffalo, uh, a much lower percentage. I forgot the number off the top of my head, but you know, you, you take a look at that and you just think to yourself like, hey, it was a great signing for the Bills, but I don't think they have that kind of flexibility again to just bring in someone on a one-year contract that's going to be in the neighborhood of $10 million. That no. just, uh, it becomes tough, right? Then you're dealing with more void years and you're already paying for the void year that you added on to last year's contract type of type of piece. So, you know, I, I do look at that and probably say he's going to get paid somewhere else. Uh, along the similar lines to what I said with Gabe Davis, like the Bills will get a nice comp pick in return um, for that. And I think it should work out that way based on how things things are. So, you know, not necessarily ideal, but 
a position where, hey, for them to, to get younger with somebody in the draft, like you said, not a bad thing. Great point. As we go to a break here, you, you just brought up something that we haven't even discussed yet, and that our comp picks. You know, Gabe Davis is going to get the Bills a comp pick. Leonard Floyd potentially could get the Bills a comp pick. So that is definitely something to, to keep in mind as well. Bunch of other players that we're going to get to right here after a real quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I am back here with Anthony Marino. We are talking about pending Buffalo Bills free agents and which guys we think Brandon Bean should make an all-out effort to bring back. For the break, we, you know, I, I said about Leonard Floyd leaving. I, I think that's going to happen. I will say, if the Bills did find a way to bring him back, I'm certainly not going to complain about it. I'd be really happy to see Leonard Floyd back. I just think it's about the dollars, as it should be. The guy's probably going to get one more good contract, and he's going to go where the money is, as he said. Micah Hyde, this is a guy who has been, you know, a fabric of the Buffalo Bills since coming here in 2017. He might retire, so this might be a moot point. Um, we don't know that as of this recording, at least we don't know that. What we do know is that he is a penning free agent. Um, Spotrack has his value at $3.7 million. His play fell off last year. Um, it, it's just, let's, it is what it is. You know, he's... He had some moments, but he was not the Mike Hyde that we've come to know. Um, the Sabres are the Sabres. The Bills are getting long in the tooth there at safety. Uh, 
Thoughts on Micah Hyde. I can't believe I just said the Sabres. Usually it's the other way around. I talk Sabres. <laughs> By the way, that team is an absolute tire fire, and they suck. They're the worst organization in all of professional sports. I did a show two days ago, dude, and the comments on YouTube, holy shit, people are hating on me. I don't care. That team sucks. But anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole with you today. Screw the Sabres. Micah Hyde, man. Thoughts on him. You think you think his time here is up? You know, I think uh, I think he's determined his time is up. And I think if Micah Hyde wants to stay with the Buffalo Bills, kind of in a similar vein, I put him in a bucket with like Lorenzo Alexander and Kyle Williams. If he wants to come back for one more year, you can have him back for one more year, right? Even if maybe around that number, you figure that part out. But here's the here's the caveat, right? Like you might be coming back, but you might be looking at a rotation. Again, with like that third round pick at safety that, you know, you're going to be working in and kind of mentoring and what that can can be. It doesn't mean that, you know, Micah Hyde is coming back to play 100 percent of the snaps again. And I think it's, um, you know, the post from his wife, you know, honestly, it was it was beautiful. It was heartfelt. It was it was fantastic. Right. All those things that you see. Um, So it will be interesting over these again, these next couple of weeks, what what decision he makes and what he's looking to do, you know, does he end up being one of those players? You know, you talk about like a, uh, you know, maybe he needs to take some more time. Maybe it's just like, Hey, I'm not going to make this decision right now. Let's say like Leonard Floyd. I mean, I think you knew he was coming back, but you know, Linval Joseph last year of just like, Hey, yeah, I'll come back and, and do some stuff with you, but man, I'm not going to OTAs and mandatory mini camp and I'm not living out of a dorm for, training camp and doing all that type of stuff. Like I've been down this road, like, Hey, I can come back and, and give you something. So I think he is one of those that is, uh, that has earned that opportunity. But again, with that caveat of not just, Oh, Hey, you're coming back and you're immediately our, our starter. Uh, I, if anybody is wondering how I feel about Micah Hyde, I did an episode a couple of weeks ago where, I said there's going to come a day where I think he deserves to be considered for the Bills Wall of Fame. That tells you how much I admire the guy and what he's done for the Bills. I think he's gone. I, I like your point, too. I could see him doing that. Maybe he doesn't formally retire. Maybe he just waits and sees how things play out. But I think the Bills could get – I think that's a position where the Bills could get younger and, and potentially better. And it's tough to say that when a, with a guy like Micah Hyde who's been so great. but. We're talking about 2024 Micah Hyde, not the Micah Hyde that gave the Bills six incredible uh, seasons. I I think he's gone. Let me lump three defensive tackles in here together because they're all free agents. Tim Settle, he does have a spot rack value, $3.7 million, according to to, uh, that site. Uh, Puna Ford, and uh, who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Laval Joseph. All three of them are free agents. Do you see any of them coming back? Well, one, if Tim Settle can get that type of money, that would be another comp pick for the Bills. So it's like I don't see where anyone is going to to pay that type of money. And that was a guy that when he was signed, there was a level of excitement because it did seem like, hey, the work he had done in Washington on a part-time basis really had flashed. Would he be able to do that in Buffalo? Definitely had some moments, but probably not consistent enough to to be able to do that unless if he's willing to come back at, you know, literally like a – 1.5 million dollar contract or or less. I but, forgot to add Jordan Phillips in there by the way so there's four, sorry. Yeah, Jordan Phillips it sounds like he's ready to retire. That part has been there. 
Um, certainly the injuries that he has battled in those pieces, like, you know, I think that's probably the decision for, for him. Cause again, that's a guy that like at the phase that he is in, in his career, he's not coming back to play for a million dollars, right? Like he'd gotten that big contract before he's, I don't want you can never say like, oh, hey, he's made enough money. But like with the injuries, if he's thinking about retirement, is he really coming back to Buffalo on a vet minimum deal? I don't see that. I don't see that happening either. Puna Ford was interesting, right? I mean, and again, in some ways, I think it's because his name is Puna. Like it's just a I don't know. People are sort of like drawn to a big defensive tackle. Was, a lot of people were excited about him. And they were excited. I mean, heck, even Seahawks fans were disappointed when he left. I remember that at the time of the of the signing. I don't see him coming back to Buffalo because I think he was a bit disgruntled, uh, maybe from some things on social media, just like, you know, hey, he wanted to be active. He wanted to be he wanted to be playing. Um, and I don't see it with Linval Joseph. I mean, here's a guy that you know, was on the couch and did not come back until after the injuries that, you know, took place to Daquan Jones. And I mean, signed like a $3.5 million contract. Like that's not just a, Hey, here's a guy, let's bring him in and give him a veteran minimum type of, I mean, that was a, that was a big deal for that time of, of the year. Like, I don't want to call it a desperation move for the bills, but to me, that was a, Hey, Linval, do you want to play? No, I'm not interested. You want to play for two million? No, I'm not interested. How about two point five? No, you know, and it just goes back and forth until you hit a number where finally he was like, "All right, I can play in you know ten games for three point five million dollars." Like, you know, you'd almost be stupid not to. So, I don't think any of those four are coming back. Right. Um, maybe the one with a chance again, Tim Settle, if there's no market for him, and it's you know that sort of vet minimum type of deal. Uh, yeah, I think all four are gone. You know, you mentioned the ball, Joseph too. And that's kind of a difference between the bills this year and the bills this past season. I don't think Brandon Bean's going to have that luxury in August or September, October to pay a guy three and a half million dollars to get off his couch and play football. Um, Puna Ford, I, I highly doubt Puna Ford wants to be back. Um, he was not used to his liking this year. Let's just put it that way. I yeah. thought Tim Settle woefully underachieved his two seasons in the build. I was very excited about him. I heard time and time again when he came over from Washington, this guy needed opportunity. Can't say he didn't have opportunity. He had plenty of opportunities to make an impact on this team, and he just didn't. Um, wasn't he getting like $2.5 million per year? So sometimes maybe. when I say like a guy underperformed, it's like, all right, he was paid $2.5 million a season for a reason, right? So – I kind of need to check myself when I, you know, before I was, you know, one conversation, like talking about being disappointed with his play. It's like, well, you know, you, you paid him like a fifth defensive tackle. So don't be surprised when he performs like a fifth defensive tackle. You know, we just, we talk about four defensive tackles that we all agree probably aren't going to be back. Maybe one of them, maybe that kind of puts more emphasis and we're talking here in real time here. I'm thinking in real time. Get into Quan Jones back because if they don't get to Quan Jones back and none of those guys come back, the Bills who do play four defensive tackles, they got one under contract, and that's Ed Oliver. So, you know, you get to Quan back and at least you got your starters, and then you work on whether it's a draft or getting one low-key guy, a version of a Tim Settle, along with the rookie, and there's your third and fourth defensive tackles. So I just changed my mind. Now I want Dequan Jones to be re-signed before AJ Epinesa. Sorry, buddy. Um, okay. Running backs. Let's lump these together. 
Uh, you got Damian Harris. You got if he's who knows what his future is. Uh, Latavius Murray and Ty Johnson, all signed by the Bills last year, all un unrestricted pending unrestricted free agents. Got interest? So, you know, there's interest in Ty Johnson, but it's also like, well, depends on what you're doing with Naheem Hines. Like, there's no need to have both of those two guys, right? Because if you're going to have basically three running backs, you're going to need one that can be the Latavius Murray type, right? A bigger back, a pass blocker that, you know, can do some goal line type of work for you. You don't need James Cook and Naheem Hines and Ty Johnson. So, you know, and I know they got to free up some cap space and we're not kind of getting into all of that today, but it's like, that's the type of decision that they need to make. So if they commit to Naheem Hines with a, a pay cut, I mean, good gosh, I don't see any way they can just pay him $5 million. No. seem ridiculous. Um, you know, to, to go through with that piece. So it's kind of like one or the other. And I, if I'm picking one, yeah, I liked what the, we saw from Ty Johnson last year. I thought as a pass catcher, I thought it's kind of being a little shifty in between the tackles. I thought he was really effective for the Bills. And plus, he's probably going to cost you like between one and one point two five million dollars. Like it's it's not a big signing, and he was effective, and he was effective with Joe Brady. So I would be fine with that. Damian Harris. You know, unfortunately, like that was a guy when they signed him, I was excited that uh, that they did. But, uh, you know, with that, he'll probably end up someplace else. Or maybe if they re-sign him, it's at a vet minimum type of contract with like next to no guarantees and see if he can earn a spot and what that what that looks like. Uh, Latavius Murray, I mean, he's like 34 years old at, at this point, right? You kind of saw him start the season in a real positive note. And then as the year went on, just not really producing from from that standpoint. So I feel like you're they're going to need to get somebody to fill that that type of role, some you know big bodied running back, whether that be in the draft or via free agency. But so yeah, maybe Ty Johnson, but only if they get rid of Naheem Hines. Uh, Damian Harris played well for the Bills early last season before he got hurt. I want to throw that out there, but I'll go even further. I think Ty Johnson could be a priority. A guy that the Bills, I really liked the way he looked last year behind James Cook. Completely trust him. If you notice, he was carrying the ball a lot in the fourth quarter with leads. The Bills yeah. trust him. Good things happened when he was touching the football. I think he averaged like 4.4 yards per carry. And yeah, you could get him for, as things stand right now, less than half the price of what Naheem Hines is scheduled to make. I just, I want Ty Johnson back. And if that means cutting Naheem Hines, I don't even, I don't even need to go the pay cut route. I agree with you that I don't think they keep both. I'm good with getting rid of Naeem Himes. I, I, I've seen Ty Johnson, what he does. I like him, and I trust him. So I want him out there. Uh, two defensive free agents that had pretty big roles on the Bills this season. Uh, Tyrell Dodson, Taylor Rapp. Uh, Ty Dodson, 4.8 spot rack value. Taylor Rapp, 5.5. Uh, that's kind of a, a, a lot of scratch there, man. Um, Thoughts on either yeah. of those guys being back? That that is a lot, and I think when you talk about it for the Bills, that would be a. And gosh, I mean, Tyrell Dotson was like on what two point something last year with the Bills, and Taylor Rapp was like one point seven. So I mean, God, those would be some pretty significant um, price jumps for them. And mm -hmm. if those guys can get that somewhere else, good for you, right? Especially for someone like Taylor Rapp. I thought last year, like, I didn't understand how a, a guy that was such an effective starter for the Rams 
you know, ends up coming to the Bills on a one-year $1.7 million deal. But, you know, unless it's something with Taylor Rapp where you see, like, listen, this is going to be a guy that will start opposite of Jordan Poyer, um, I don't see that making sense, right? I mean, we're talking about two guys that when the starters are in place will likely be special teams players, right? They provide good depth. We've seen that and what they can do. Um, but Taylor Rapp, right, like, he was not effective when filling in in the Micah Hyde role. It was, hey, oh. well, they went to the dime package, and he was serving the Jordan Poyer role, yep. and Poyer went down in the box. That was more of a fit. So assuming if Jordan Poyer is back, there's there's too much of a similarity with those two guys that you need someone that brings more of the, again, the Micah, Micah Hyde skill set. So listen, if both of those guys come back, I would totally be good with it at the right price. Um, but I, I don't. I don't know that they will be back. Maybe, maybe Dotson, right? Like when you talk about Bobby Babbage coming in as um, as defensive coordinator, obviously the praise that he had for him so early on. Like, but again, is that a guy that's going to come back at a two point five million dollar deal, or is he going to get something? You know, when I say well above that in the four to five million dollar range, he is not a player that is cashed in at any point. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of like waffling back and forth. Like you again, you want to see him come back, but I just don't know if it's in the cards based on what spot track is projecting. I if if that's going to be his contract, I think he's gone. Um, yeah. and I wouldn't blame him either. I think the Bills drafted Dorian Williams last year, and look, I'm not very high on Dorian Williams right now. I was not very high on Terrell Bernard a year ago at this time either. So I am certainly not going to rush whatsoever on Dorian Williams. I don't like the way Sean McDermott just didn't seem to have any trust in him at all. And it makes me wonder, well, is he just another version of Terrell Bernard who didn't do shit his rookie year and then popped? Or is he Kyrie Lum who's just having issues picking up on stuff and in, in like in Sean's permanent doghouse, so it seems anyway. But anyway, because of that, I think Dotson walks. The only way Taylor Rapp is back, I think, is if they cut Jordan Boyer. I don't, I don't, unless Taylor Rapp, you know, five and a half million. If he comes back for two, two and a half, and they kind of plays the same role he had this year, great. Five and yeah. a half million, no chance unless they cut uh, <clears throat> Jordan Poyer. Let me run through some of these that really don't warrant much discussion. Um, Tyler Matekovich, nah, I'm I'm over special teams. I hate I hate how much the Bills spent on special teams. Um, Dane Jackson, good player, good name. Well, look, you got Christian Benford, you got Russell Douglas, you got Kyrie Lum. Unless Dane comes back dirt cheap and is willing to even compete for a roster spot at this point, I really don't think uh, that you're re-signing him. Trent Sherfield, see you later. Uh, just a disappointment. I was a big fan of his signing last year, dropping two balls against Kansas City. You gotta, he's got to be accountable for that, so goodbye. Um, any other guys on this list? Shaq Lawson? He might be somebody I can see the Bills bringing back. He likes Buffalo. Clearly, he likes Buffalo. Would not be expensive. And again, you're you're probably losing Leonard Floyd. You're losing guys on the, in the interior. Vaughn Miller injured. I mean, Shaq Lawson to me, he's that reliable to DE four, maybe DE five. I'd have no issue bringing him back. Agree with that. So, going through a couple of these names, Shaq Lawson on a vet minimum, totally good with right? Kind of a veteran, positive mm -hmm. presence in the locker room, good with the young guys, can deliver when when you need him to. So I'm sure. good with that one. 
Um, I would also say the same for Tyler Matikiewicz. Like, hey, if you if he wants to come back on a one year vet minimum deal, I'm fine with that too. And I realize, like, sometimes when you talk about prioritizing special teams and paying a guy three and a half million dollars or this or that, that's not something that you want to do. I don't know what type of market he's going to have, but him at a vet minimum deal to be, you know, a leader of your special teams unit. I'm trust me, I'm with you. Like I don't want to over prioritize special teams, but I also don't want to forget about it too, because special teams was an area where the bills had um, some mix-ups this year. And it's like, I don't want it they to just stunk this year on a bunch of undrafted free agents. I will say this when it comes to Trent Sherfield, and that's another one. If uh, again, if he comes back on like a one year, $1 million type of deal, vet minimum type of thing, I'm fine with it, right? I mean, there's no real guarantees with it. It doesn't mean that he's guaranteed a roster spot, but for who he is, kind of, you know, that blocking wide receiver that, yeah, some of the drops were were definitely maddening this year, no no doubt with that. But just when you're talking about filling out a roster, somebody that seems to have a good relationship with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and, you know, a, a decent leader in the locker room, and hey, if he comes in, if he's one of 90, he might make the team, he might not. Uh, I would be fine with that too. Because there's going to be a lot of that, right? Like the one-year sure. vet minimum type of contracts. And he's one of the guys that I, I kind of throw in that in that bucket. Uh, Kyle Allen, I don't give a shit. I don't. If the Bills are not going to get a an elite quarterback two to, to back up Josh Allen, somebody who's you know good enough that you feel like the Bills could still keep going if Josh goes down for a month. I really don't care. I didn't care about Case Keenum. Really don't care about Kyle Allen either. Give me a Case Keenum type. Give me a Kyle Allen type. Mitch Trubisky, who could be back with the Bills, by the way. I'm going to throw that out there as well. He's a very realistic candidate to be back next year. Not worth the conversation to me, though. That position, that quarterback. David Edwards. I would like to see David Edwards back. He was that sixth offensive lineman. He filled that Bobby Hart 2022 role, and I thought he did it really good. He had the highest run-blocking grade of anybody on PFF. Um, good backup guard. Don't know what his market's going to look like. There was no value for him on the Spot Rack uh, website. He didn't start this year for the Bills, but I actually would love to have him back because I thought he played a pretty low-key, underrated role for the Bills this year. So if he's not a lot of money, get him back. Yeah, you know, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, I would like to see him back. But along the same lines, like, okay, was he was he that much of an upgrade over Bobby Hart the year before? Like, I don't know. I'm not I'm not one of these guys that like, you know, can study an offensive line and tell you this part or that part or, you know, is that interchangeable with with another offensive guard that's able to to do that or even, you know, a Tommy Doyle type if he's back healthy or whoever it it may be Alec Anderson, take your pick. Um, I like David Edwards, right? Again, starting experience, $1.7 million contract, gives you some depth. Should anything happen to one of your guards, like, or totally, I'm, I'm there with it. If he signs someplace else, I'm not going to, you know, act like the sky is falling in any way, shape, <laughs> or form. But if he comes back at a similar type contract, yeah, that's good. There's no sky is falling, Buffalo Bills free agents this year. Should they sign but, someone? Pat, you know there will be people, even the way that you talked about, like you wanted Tyro, Ty Johnson to be a priority. There will be people, if he signs somewhere else for like a you know two-year, $3.5 million contract that are going to act like, 
what is Brandon Bean doing? This is a guy that we can't <laughs> sleep it at the wheel, oh, you know, type of thing. Like there are people that every time someone <laughs> leaves, will freak out, or when a free agent signs someplace else, like Brandon Bean could have had him for forty million dollars a year, and he didn't want him. Like, you know, it's that type of stuff that you know. There's always that. Uh, that's always always out there. One more guy to get to, and he's not last. Uh, you know, this is no accident. Cam Lewis. Man, so here's the thing with Cam Lewis, right? And uh, Joe Marino, who we were talking I about earlier, is so high on Cam Lewis as being the potential replacement for Micah Hyde. And it's like, okay, you know, like I just said, like I'm not, I'm not breaking down all the tape and seeing these things. I watch the game. I follow content creators, beat reporters. You know, I try to follow smart people to, to get this, this information. And Joe's as smart as they come. Right. And I don't want it to just be like, hey, if Joe says this is a guy that should come in and be the starter in place of Micah Hyde or really compete for it, then okay. Um, but like, okay, like if you see something there, and let's be honest, I mean, two seasons ago, we saw DeMar Hamlin start 13 games in place of Micah Hyde and perform admirably, right? And like, yeah, maybe the Bills defense wasn't exactly what it had been or what we all would have wanted it to be, but the wheels didn't fall off because, you know, DeMar Hamlin was playing. And I don't think the wheels will fall off with somebody like Cam Lewis playing. And Joe brought up a great point. He's like, everyone goes back to that play against Justin Jefferson. It's like, how about you give Justin Jefferson the credit of making the most insane catch you've probably ever seen in a game? Like, yeah, sure. Like Cam Lewis, he could have just punched the ball away. It took Justin Jefferson making the greatest catch I've ever seen in my life. So it's like, yeah, if you're just going to judge that two seconds of play on him as opposed to everything else he's been able to do, then maybe that's a mistake. So, you know, I, I and Joe Marino, I trust, I guess. I don't know. Say less because you're right. That's my mindset too, dude. I'll tell you. And he's he's not just like lukewarm on Cam Lewis. He's pretty damn high on him. And I trust Joe as well. And he brought up some really good points. A, he certainly, you could do worse than if he's the guy who takes over from Mike Hyde. Maybe you draft a rookie too. And you have a competition or whatever. You, but you could probably do worse there. Also, he's a good slot corner. He's your backup slot corner to Teron Johnson. He's a good special teams player. He's versatile. Yeah. And he potentially could be your starter. Based on kind of what, first of all, I, I kind of like, plus he's a UB guy, so I've always been fond of cam um and then after hearing joe and i was i knew you had watched the episode i was gonna bring it up anyway but yeah joe marino from lockdown bills and an episode where recently this week go check it out we talked about cam lewis and his role with this team i think he should be a priority free agent resigning for the bills right now because of what he can do he can do a lot of things he ain't got to start but he can start if he has to if Toronto goes down he can step in and nickel. If you have a safety who takes over from Mike Hyde and it's not Cam, Cam can play there. You know what I mean? He, he can do various roles with this team. Plus, he plays special teams, which I don't give a shit about, but I know you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I want Cam Lewis back. Let me run down real quick here. My my ultimate kind of, like I said, wish list. Based on what we've talked about here today, you think we both agree, either Daquan or AJ, I'd like to have both of them. And I do think it is at least realistically feasible that both end up coming back. 
Uh, I really want Ty Johnson back. I said, I, I think he's a really good, reliable running back too. We've seen him in the Joe Brady system and know he could do good things there. Uh, Cam Lewis, we just talked about, really versatile. He can be in the mix for Micah Hyde's spot. Uh, Shaq Lawson, because he's cheap. He's a veteran. He knows the system. And then you have at least three defensive ends for sure under contract, even if you lose A.J. David Edwards, I'd like back at a reasonable price. And like I said, with Taylor Rapp, I want him back, but only at a decent price. And only, I, I think, if Jordan Poyer gets cut, which I don't think that's going to happen, by the way. Yeah, and I think as you go through most of it, there's, you know, we're based in reality here. And with really the exception of the the projections for Taylor Rapp and Terrell Dodson, you know, I think most of what they have on spot track, it's like there's a lot of guys that you're talking about in that $1.7 million or less mm -hmm. number, right? And that $1.7 million contract was kind of like the magic number for Brandon Bean last year with the guys he was signing on a one-year type of contract. So there is going to be a lot of that and a lot of these free agents, like you can talk about it from a depth standpoint, like, okay, that's that's probably what they're going to to get. Maybe if you decide to make an exception with the Tyrell Dodson and pay him like 2.5, again, that's not something that's going to, you know, to break the bank. I mean, we get it every dollar counts this year, but I don't think there's anything too crazy, but yeah. Epinesa and Daquan Jones, those are the two to really to really watch and see what happens. Yeah, and look, with Tyrell Dotson, real quick, he's an old school kind of throwback linebacker, good against the run. A who's the guy? Brandon Spikes. He's that type of player. Good against the run, a first, second down guy, horrible in pass coverage. You know what I mean? He's a liability out there in pass coverage. Maybe his market doesn't end up being what what it spot rec says. We'll see. It could be. Um this exercise kind of makes me realize we always knew the Bills are going to add a receiver. Maybe free agency, they add a trench or field type, and then they go earlier in the draft and go get themselves one as well. But what this exercise makes me realize, there's going to be a lot of turnover on the Bills defensive line, much to the chagrin of a lot of people who keep saying weapons, 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 weapons. There's going to be a lot of resources Brandon Bean puts into the defensive uh, and defensive tackle, whether it's free agency, the draft, both, I, I think you're going to see a lot of turnover at that position, which fortunately I do trust Sean McDermott when it comes to those guys. So, well, and they got some additional picks to play with this year, too, from a depth standpoint, right? You've got two fifth round picks, you've got three sixth round picks. I'm not saying that's, you know, where you're getting top end talent, but if you're looking at it and saying, hey, maybe we need to add an additional, you know, one tech defensive tackle, you know, those guys tend to have less value. Than uh you know than guys like wide receivers maybe or depending sure. on the depth of some certain positions so you know they've got some they've got some room to play with here uh real quick before we get to our finish the sentence to end the show quick things uh, the Chicago Bears had the first pick and I think they're going to take Caleb Williams not surprising where do you think real quick here where do you think Justin Fields ends up by the way Anthony's going to be gone for the next couple weeks so by the time you're back. I think free agency will be getting ready to start. Maybe Justin Fields already has a new team by the time you're back. Where where do you where do you get a hunch that he's going to end up? You know, initially I would have said the Pittsburgh Steelers that that would have made a lot of sense, but it seems like they are committed to Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph for some standpoint, and I don't I don't understand why that they would that they would do that. You know, when when I think you look at someone like Justin Fields, he's, his time in Chicago is definitely done. Right. Yeah, to me, yeah. that is 
that is a bit of a foregone conclusion. But where he's going to end up, I don't know that there is a natural fit, right? Like you look at the teams that need quarterbacks, but they are picking early in the draft, right? So it's like New England's probably going to draft a quarterback early, right? I mean, shouldn't they? Same thing with Washington. Of course, you know, you you look at this. So you, I struggle with it. I really, I really do because you can say with certain teams, you know, I guess if I'm going to, if I'm going to pick one, the Raiders, send them to Las Vegas. Jimmy Garoppolo is done. Aiden O'Connell is not it. Like go out there, play with Antonio Pierce. You've got some weapons around you. Like, you know, you're going to be playing in a, a good stadium, a nice city. Like, I guess I'll go with that. Honestly, I was having a hard time even thinking of one when you sent me some of the you know, yeah. questions beforehand. So I'll go with the Raiders. I got five. Pittsburgh, Vegas, Atlanta, Washington, New England. Um, I think Washington, though, very unlikely because they got, I think, the second pick of the draft. So they're going to get one of those two quarterbacks. Pittsburgh or, or Atlanta. That's where I think he ends up landing. And speaking of New England, real quick here, I want to talk about a team to watch. Watch for the New England Patriots this offseason. They got a brand new coach, Jared Mayo. Uh, they got the third pick in the draft. So they're going to get either one of those two quarterbacks or Marvin Harrison Jr., who a lot of people say is the next Justin Jefferson. And they got nearly $74 million in cap room, which is second most in the league behind Washington. I don't think they're catching the Bills and the Dolphins in one season. But look, we see in the NFL every single year a team goes from being shit to good. It happens every year. Look at the Houston Texans in one year, what they did in one year. So never say never, but the New England Patriots are a team because of the draft pick that they have, because they got a new coach, and because they got all this cap room, they're going to be kind of an interesting team to watch. They're getting rid of some veteran guys now on defense. They're going to get younger. I think it's going to be a team that might end up on the upswing. They have the, the opportunity, at least. Yeah, I mean, listen, they can be on the upswing, and let's be honest. I mean, they beat the Bills this past season, so like, I can't. I can't talk too much smack about him, but I'll be I'll be curious to see how Mayo is as a coach, right? I mean, first time head coach sure. taking over a program that has ridiculously high expectations, um, understandably. Uh, I'll be curious to see how how he does. Last uh, last point I wanted to make too: another team to, to to watch out for Houston. Houston won their division. They had a great young quarterback. Guess what? They got sixty two million dollars in cap room. I'm gonna give you a bold prediction. Here's my bold prediction, Anth. Gabe Davis is going to be a Houston Texan. That'd be interesting. I yeah. mean, listen, I could I could see that, right? Um, yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. Like yeah. that, I haven't done enough research yet to see where everyone is from a um, you know cap space standpoint. What things look like. I was tending to think early on that if uh, you know if Tampa Bay if if they can't keep somebody like Mike Evans, if it's just too rich for their blood, or it's time to move on, that you could see Gabe, you know. He's a Florida boy heading back down that way. Or, but sure. I, I got to do some more work to to kind of see what the situation really looks like for for everybody and and kind of what's out there. Oh my God, Gabe Davis going to Tampa. I got a really really good friend in Florida. Her name is Casey, and she went to school with Gabe Davis. And she is a Gabe Davis family. She has been Facebooking me for four years now. Every time Gabe does something great, she writes on my wall, Gabe, with exclamation points. I can't imagine how happy she'd be if you went and played like 40 minutes from her. Uh, anyway, all right, let's have some fun here at the end. Well, we've had fun during this conversation, but finish the sentence. We have not done this in a while because we're always recapping games, previewing games, doing other shit. Kind of a, a quick chance here over the last few minutes just to 
give fans watching or listening a chance to know a little bit more about Anthony and myself too, besides just, you know, talking football here for the last hour. So we, we call this finish the sentence. I'm going to read some and with a blank, Anthony's going to fill it in uh, a song that reminds me of being in high school is blank. Poison by Bell Biv DeVoe. Ah, that's a good one. All that right. Okay. One of those I just remember like, you know, listening to with friends or like a school dance or whatever type of piece. I mean, that was just kind of one of those. It was, uh, you know, the, the term iconic gets overused these days, but, but at the time it was like that blend of hip hop and R and B. And, uh, that was my jam. So that, that is a, that's a good one. By the way, these, some of these questions kind of like inadvertently age us without giving away our ages. Mine is, there's lots of candidates, obviously, no matter how old or young you are, you always got a good handful of choices. It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. That was such a jam in the late 80s. That's where, you know, I was a junior and senior in high school. Everybody was banging out that jam. Great dance song, great beat. Um, yeah, so those great are two choice. good ones there. Yeah, those are two good ones. Um, my favorite celebrity couple is Blank. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Ah, me too. For this real? Is just, this is proof that this is proof that we do not tell each other what we're thinking before uh, the show starts. Yeah, they, dude, they've been together for over 40 years. Not married, by the way. Yeah. But they, they've been together for over 40 years. And in a, a world where none of these couples ever seen the last, that's, that's amazing. I've been on a Kurt Russell kick. Lately, it's just he is. Uh, I almost feel like he's underrated, right? That monarch show sure. on Apple Plus, Apple TV, uh, was fantastic. Him and his son Wyatt, um, gosh, just his the Christmas Chronicles, right? You come off the holidays, we always enjoyed those those movies. How good he was there, the stuff he does in Fast and the Fury, like it's just it's fun movies to to watch, and and obviously Goldie Hawn for for her career and everything that she had done. So, yeah, at first I was thinking somebody like. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively type of thing. Like, I love Ryan Reynolds, but like those two, that's they're pretty remarkable. So, yeah, I do. Plus, Goldie Hawn was, oh my God, I was obsessed with her growing up. She was so hot. Yeah, so that's cool. So, we actually had the same answer there. All right, let's see if we have the same answer twice in a row. I don't know here. If it were purely up to you, you were in charge of the booking and they had to say yes. Next year's Super Bowl halftime show would be headlined by blank. Oh, God. Um, you know, if I'm just being selfish, it would be uh, LL Cool J and Run DMC, right? Yeah. They were on tour, just did a small run a few years back, and I missed out on it, and I always regret that piece. And I just look at, you know, what we had a couple years ago with uh, Dr. Dre and Mary J. Blige and Eminem and kind of that old school piece. This is going back a little bit, you know, further than that type of yep. stuff. But, you know, definitely between Usher and Rihanna and that show, um, you know, they've kind of been sort of embracing the hip hop and R&B culture. So, yeah, if this is a, a halftime show for me. Uh, I'll, I'll take those. I don't know if the world would love it, but I know you and I would. That's for damn <laughs> yes. sure. I'm um, not worried about anybody else. Yeah, it's just you only care fine. about yourself being selfish again. All right, so it's hard to not say Taylor Swift because she's the biggest star in the world, but I'm not going to say Taylor Swift. Give me that NSYNC reunion that we've been hearing about for the last couple of years, okay? 
I think it would be literally the most watched halftime in the history of the Super Bowl. And NSYNC could finally get together after a couple of years of hearing buzz about it. Rumors, they did do a song together, but they still haven't reunited. Get them on stage, perform a set at the Super Bowl, bang out one or two new songs, use that to launch a new reunion album and a summer tour. Which, by the way, if NSYNC ever does reunite, whether you like them or not, if they ever reunite and go on tour, they are going to shatter every record in the history of concerts. I guarantee it. I'm telling you, it'll happen. They're not going to. They're not going to shatter Taylor Swift's record. There's zero point zero percent chance. Mm. I will bet you a dollar when it happens. <laughs> well, we will bet a dollar because Insync's going to headline next year's Super Bowl. That's my other Gabe Davis to the Houston Texans, and Insync is your halftime for the next Super Bowl. Those are two bold takes here <laughs> on Talking Buffalo. Anyway, all right, Ant is going to be gone for the next couple of weeks, but then he'll be back. Like I said, we'll pretty much be in the free agency at that point. This was a fun show, man. Um, it was nice to be able to look purely into the present and a little bit into the near future, like I said, as opposed to talking about the season now that it's over. Always fun having you on, buddy. Always a pleasure, man. All right, and I will be back with a, a Fan Friday episode tomorrow your questions your comments all answered on the show tomorrow talk to you then everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.